Hey guys, I'm Raul Coley and I am Arthur Vader, a weird terrier apparently. My name is Ayana White, I'm a writer for iZombie. Hi, I'm Molly Hagen, I play Liv's mom on iZombie. And you're listening to the iZombie podcast. Is that really how you're going to sit? Can't you sit up? Sit up? Sit up? You're listening to the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and podcasting is my dark gift. My name is Stephanie, and I'm a vigilante gunslinger. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. Uh, We're back uh, for a bonus episode leading us up to the uh, October 6th premiere of iZombie uh, by talking about the uh, David Anders um, horror comedy called The Revenant. Um, but uh, first, we wanted to quickly talk about uh, Dragon Con. Steph, you were down at Dragon Con. You attended this panel that we got a recording of. Can you tell us uh, about your Dragon Con experience? Yeah, okay. The thing that is great about Dragon Con is that it's all about the fans. Mm-hmm. It's the fan experience. It's the, we're celebrating fandoms. And so, yes, you want to go see all these celebrities that are there, mm-hmm. but having a panel in which when you're sitting on a panel at these things, you quickly realize it doesn't matter if you're on a panel. And it doesn't matter that there's a panel there because <laughs> it's just a big room with fans carrying on a conversation about the television show that they like. Yeah. So so how many did we decide? Carol said that there were there, there were Oh, like 60 people there? 60 people yeah. in this room talking about iZombie. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're talking about iZombie, the things that we like about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Carol, the the track, the director of the track, says that she loves the voiceover from Liv. Oh, nice. And, you know, and you know, most people hate voiceovers. Oh, you know, yeah. feel like it's like an ob- ob- obligatory network thing that they have you put in the show, you know, so the dumb people can understand what's going on or whatever. Well, I hear but, that a lot. I mean, sometimes I disagree with that because I think it almost, you know, it's the voice of the show. Like the Sarah Connor Chronicles is the voice of Sarah Connor. And then they got rid true. of that. But yeah, I, I like the idea. I mean, it, it, it stems from Veronica Mars as well. I like hearing Liv's voice guide us through the show. But you were saying, sorry. Yeah. So we're having this, you know, spirited conversation between, you know, 60 of the biggest fans of iZombie <laughs> there at Dragon Con. And uh, one of the audience members is tweeting Raul, and uh, he wants to be Skyped in. Yeah. So he's Skyped in, and so we, we thanks to Kevin Batchelder, we have a recording of the, of the panel, and it was great. And so Raul, you know, we invite him to come next year. He says they're coming next year. Hmm. You know, hopefully it works out. Hopefully he will not realize he's a big star between, you know, that's what I'm so worried about. Like (laughs) he came on our show. He doesn't know he's a celebrity yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we, if he can, you know, keep from knowing that he's a big star (laughs) before between now and then, maybe he can come to Dragon Con and just hang out with people who are like him. Yeah. I mean, you know, you follow him on Twitter. He, Raul keeps it real. He's, he's awesome. And, and it's cool because, you know, this is his, uh, this is his first like huge gig and he, you know, he's super appreciative of, of fandom. He's not like yeah. uh, jaded yet. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's how it was so easy for us to get him on the show. I, I just tweeted him. I didn't work with any sort of like publicist or anything. He's a super cool guy. And I, I really hope he comes on for season two. Yeah. yeah, he's one of us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you dressed up 
I believe. Oh, yeah. Did you see my costume? How did I look? Well, I saw, like, the, you know, like a headshot, maybe the top of your shoulders, but I didn't well, see, see any actual Okay, this full... is the thing about Dragon Con. I never think to take pictures of myself, <laughs> and I never have anybody with me to take pictures. Because, you know, I carried a bunch of teenagers, and they were running the streets of Atlanta. I had no idea where they were. So there was nobody to take a picture of me dressed up like Liv. <laughs> Can can you tell the folks at least about your ensemble? I did I did not know what to do about my hair. <laughs> I did not want to wear a wig. Wigs are terrible. <laughs> and uh, I I, did, I broke down and bought a wig there. That's the thing about Dragon Con or cons in general. Uh-huh. If you can't find a certain part of your costume, probably they're going to have it there for you to purchase. So yeah, I bought a cool wig. I wore purple, mm-hmm. you know, I wore the light makeup, the, the white makeup, which is surprisingly, it's hard to keep on. It just rubs off. It just, your natural skin color just comes through. And um, that, I bet you're dark, like hot, you know, it's Atlanta. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> that day was a little overcast. If you could stay out of the sun, it was okay. But yeah, darken my eyes underneath, lots of purple uh-huh. around my eyes, so... Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun dressing up like Liv. Yeah, I'm going to uh, New York Comic Con next uh, next month, and unfortunately, it looks like iZombie's not going to be there, so I won't be able to get any you know fun iZombie stuff from there. Um, but I'm I'm sort of dreading it. Like it, it it's usually very very crowded, and just the way I, I've never been to Dragon Con, I always picture. Dragon Con not being as like flooded like a mass of people there. Well, the thing about Dragon the Dragon Con the con takes place in hotels. Mm-hmm. There's like four or five hotels that are connected to, and then the people on the streets. It is it is very crowded. You're up close and personal with everybody with 70,000 people oh, wow. and that doesn't sound like a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure for people who go to San Diego and who go to New York, I'm sure there are more people, but I think Dragon Con does a a good job of wrangling the crowd and you know getting people where they need to be yeah. and safe and going through the right doors and out the right doors and lines lining up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really hoping uh, I don't get too confused at uh, the New York one because I know it's gotten huge, much huger than I think the last time I went was four or five years ago. So. How many people usually attend? I I know it rivals San Diego for the most populated Comic Con. You know, so like a hundred and fifty thousand or something like yeah, that. I don't really know the numbers, but I know it's a I, lot. <laughs> I know uh, Toronto Fan Expo. They just had uh, the same weekend as Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. It was like a hundred and twenty-five thousand people. Ooh. Wow. Um. Cool. So, uh, well, it's good you had fun, and I was glad we got that uh, a bit of audio. And wow, just you never would have thought that. <laughs> I know that's crazy. Raul would have skyped in. That's great. Yeah. Great little piece of uh, I Zombie history captured. Yeah. Um. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Kevin and Carol. Um. Really appreciate that. And if you're listening, Raul, thanks for uh, skyping in. That was cool. Um, the next bit of news is a little bit of trailer talk. Uh, we have a little over three weeks till the premiere (laughs) and, uh, we got a new trailer. Very exciting. Um, last, uh, 
last year I sat and uh, broke down every single bit of the trailer and we talked about it for close to an hour. But um, <laughs> I wanted to quickly go through it a lot quicker than that because it was, a, a, I think, a shorter trailer than the uh, the season one trailer was because now that, you know, people know who what iZombie is and they can just say, here here's what's happening. Here's more hijinks that are happening in season two. Um, so they, the trailer opens up with, uh, our big bad Von Du Clark saying there's zombies living among us. And, uh, then we get to our crime scene and I believe it's from episode two, the, uh, uh, frat boy brain, because, uh, while she says I'm on frat boy brain, everything's filtered through the bro zone, which is a hilarious <laughs> line. And we have our dead toga wearing college kid laying on the floor. And, um, after it, do they really do that these days? I think so. I mean, when you go to college... They're Greek, I guess. Yeah. I guess Greek you have to do... Okay. When you get into oh. all that stuff, I'm sure it's tradition, you know? I never got into it. Oh, I, I see it in and, movies. And, I, <laughs> and I'm not paying for that. You know what I mean? But, um, and after a close-up of some uh, frying brain nuggets... We get uh, Dr. Ravi with uh, makeup all over his face and the word fart written on his forehead. <laughs> I guess some frat boy got a hold of him. Yeah. <laughs> Live, maybe? I don't know. She's sitting there stifling her laughter and he says, I can assure you it isn't funny. So I almost think that Liv might have found him or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Then we see our uh, season one big bad, Blaine, in a business suit. Okay, his hair. <laughs> what is... I'm confused. I can't wait to see what's going on with him. I mean, did he turn back? I think so. Is he passing? Back. Is he passing as a zombie? Because his hair's white. I don't know. I think it's more blonde. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, I could be wrong. But he says, uh, he says, uh, don't tell me you've actually developed a taste for brains to live. And then we see a little clip from episode one, which we found out the title was Grumpy Old Liv, which <laughs> she eats an old man's brain. Liv yelling at skateboarders, turn your hat around, punk, show some respect. <laughs> um, some more from episode one where we see Adam Rose's character, Byron McCoy. He's got tons of paintings of Cocker Spaniels on his wall and... She's picking on him, basically saying they're like, like paint by numbers. And did you find him in the trash? <laughs> <laughs> now, is that the crotchety old man? I think so, because I, okay. I, I was thinking it might have been the Real Housewife of Seattle Brain, which is in episode three. I was thinking maybe that was a little that was a kind of a snobby comment she said, but it was just yeah. the old guy again because she was wearing the same outfit as she was uh, earlier in the trailer. I watched okay. these too closely. And the trailer basically ends with Liv confessing to Ravi what I wouldn't give for a piece of your brain right now. <laughs> Wonder what that means. I don't. I'm I'm thinking it's a, more of a harmless. Uh, he's he knows something that she like maybe she wishes she knew some sort of maybe not medical knowledge because she's a she's a doctor. Yeah, I wonder well. if that has something to do with his CDC Ooh, uh, work. Oh, I'd love it. Yes, bring the CDC in. Um, there was no major in the trailer. There was a little bit of, little bit of Clive. Clive there, the interrogation scene. No major. Um, so Raul actually put a music video of him singing Britney Spears on his Instagram to um, Robert Buckley in a gymnasium. I don't know if you got you saw that at all. I, 
Uh, no. I saw them shooting basketballs. Yep, yep. That's another. They, <laughs> those guys, you got to follow them on social media. They're so hilarious. And I try to post as much stuff as I can in our Facebook group. Um, so check that out if you're not part of it. Not you, Steph, because I know you're there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there were some photos released from Grumpy Old Live. Um, we see a body crushed under a car. This house, there's clutter all over the place. This, the the car that the person's crushed under is in the front yard. So I'm wondering if this is like, you know, an old guy working on his car and somehow he got crushed and now Liv has to eat his brain in order to discover who killed him. Um, and the, you see them interviewing a lady on a scooter and live looking kind of serious, maybe a little out of it after the... I mean, this is three months after the season finale, so I don't know. And we see the we see Blaine in a suit as well. There's a, there's a couple of images of him and uh, Von de Clark as well. Um, let's see, what else? Um, Steve Heitner is a character actor I like. He plays... Uh, he's remembered by most as Kenny Banya from uh, Seinfeld. I know him as Denny from the X-Files episode Ice. Um, he was the guy, if you've seen that excellent episode of the X-Files, he's the guy with the headphones listening to baseball games all the time. Tell me the actor's name again. Steve Heitner or Hitner? I'm thinking it's Heitner. It's H-Y-T. Um, but uh, yeah, he's... Oh yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Kenny, Kenny Banya. Banya? Banya? Banya. Um, also, there was a uh, interview with... A bit of a tease from Rob Thomas uh, from TV Line. Um, maybe, folks, if you want to skip ahead, there's teasers here. I don't know if they're really spoilers. Um, he says, lives on, on the outs with people close to her. Major is having trouble grappling with what Liv chose not to tell him. Peyton's still gone. Um, there's Things are tense with Liv and her family. And he's not exactly specific on what family she has left. <laughs> So, um, he also said Liv and Major will not be getting back together. They're going to even date people that are, quote, surprises. Hmm. What? <laughs> yes. But maybe they're going to date people that we wouldn't expect them to date. I'm thinking Major and Peyton are going to hook up. That's, that's, that's me. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Liv and Blaine. Blaine's enjoying the best of both worlds as a human and a faux zombie. Uh, Rob Thomas says he's loving the food and enjoys gloating when he runs into Liv. And they're going to be frenemies as they battle the big bad together. Season 2 is going to have a lot of humans going after zombies. And he finishes it up saying Major's mission in Season 2 is a big reveal in the first episode. So, (laughs) getting shivers, I can't wait. (laughs) Uh. Um, So, that's it for... Spoilerific news, I guess. Season two news. Um, shall we talk about the movie we watched this week? Yes, let's do. <laughs> <laughs> now we actually had a movie podcast back in the day called Movie Snobbery, Steph and I. And oh, that was such a great podcast. That was so fun. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but it, we had to disband. Be- I think I pretty much said I don't have time to watch movies all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. So we ended up handing it over to our friend Matt. And uh, he releases an episode now and then. <laughs> um, but we can pretend we have a movie podcast again by saying, like, hey, you know, not many people have seen the movie that we're 
uh, reviewing this week, so we're going to do a little non-spoiler discussion, and then we'll do a spoiler discussion, and then say goodbye. Um, okay, let's clarify. This is the Revenant, the Revenant. from two thousand. Yeah, from two thousand and nine. Not the television show. <laughs> not the French show. Not the not the upcoming Leonardo upcoming DiCaprio movie. <laughs> not the other movie with the guy from Lost Girl, but oh, there's another one. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I don't know, but. Yeah, so this is the one this. that's uh, written, directed, produced, and edited by uh, Carrie Pryor, who is an effects artist uh, on the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, The Abyss, Phantasm movies, The Lost Boys. He's Bubba Hotel. Bubba Hotel, yep. And uh, yeah, he's pretty much known on IMDb for the most part as an effects artist, but uh, he decided to write and direct his own movie here. Um, so- well, let me ask you, Robin. Yeah. What did you think about it? About the movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know we were going to get right into that. All right. It was it was fun, but I think it it was it was hard to watch because I saw the seams a lot, and I also thought it could have been edited into a like perfect movie. There's some really good stuff. There's some really good Wait, stuff. Oh, you saw the seams a lot. The scenes? You saw. Oh, say that again. You saw the scenes a lot. The seams. You saw the seams. Yeah, like oh, you know, okay. like when they'd cut, like they cut from one scene to a next, and you can see, like, I mean, there's a couple times where I just noticed the actors starting to drop their character as the as the they're moving. Okay, see, that's what I was th- I was thinking too that it that my problem was the editing. Yeah. That it could have been a tighter or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about editing to talk about it. But that's the... If I can... Okay. I think the performances were good. Mm-hmm. I think the script was okay. Yeah. I think the makeup was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just tell the folks what it what yeah. it's about. Basically, this movie... Um, the synopsis here from IMDb is, In Los Angeles, a fallen soldier, played by David Anders, um, has joined the ranks of the living dead and reunited with his best friend in order to deal with the city's drug dealers and killers, which is not right. Not true. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to throw that away. He, he comes back from the dead um, and joins up with his friend because he's completely confused and doesn't know what to do. They discover that he needs blood through a uh, exposition-heavy Wiccan that they seem to know. <laughs> <laughs> Who lays out the rules because we didn't yeah, know other, the Other rules. than that, she doesn't need to be there. Nope. Well, she causes some trouble later in the movie. Um, she's the most troublesome Wiccan I've seen since, uh, Faruza Balk and, uh, The Craft, so, um, but a lot less effectual. As a matter of fact, kind of dumb. <laughs> and one, there's one point where she's sneaking up from the other room on these two guys, and her phone uh-huh. rings, and instead of darting out of the building and getting out of there, she instead decides, well, they know I'm here, so she just walks into the room to, to say, hey, it's me. <laughs> I've been following you. Um, but yeah, they discovered that uh, David Anders' character, Bart, needs a, needs blood to survive, or I guess not to die again? I don't know. Um, so they decide to be vigilantes and kill bad people in order to And they just blood. kind of fall into it. It's not like a moral 
decision. It just happens. That that part of it is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Because there's one point where th- this, you know, David Anders saves uh, a girl from being raped by two guys. And uh, he kills these. They just happen to have a mattress there. Oh, yes. <laughs> so he, he goes and he saves the girl. And the girl's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And he just kind of pushes the her aside and starts to feed on the corpses. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's it's an interesting way of feeding that I, I, I've never seen before. This, this Revenant is a cross between a zombie and a vampire. He's a, he's a zombie that, in order to keep being a zombie, um, he has to drink blood or also just kind of fall into... Yeah, because at first, his eyes are very glazed over. Mm-hmm. And the more blood he drinks, the less of a zombie he looks. Right. He, yeah. His bullet wounds heal. Um, yeah. But if he eats anything else, um, he vomits a lot of blood. Oh, my God. I love that. So that much great. blood. <laughs> it's like black blood. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. And oh, I was going to ask you, um, you watched the dvr version of this movie on sci- Sci-Fi, right? Uh-huh. So you had an edited version of this movie already. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, not edited in the way we wanted it to be edited, but <laughs> edited for television, they uh, this movie was, like, it was the F word every other minute, especially yeah. coming from oh, Chris was, Wilde. Oh, there was a part where, okay, it's they edit the the cuss words by uh, silencing them out. Oh, really? So there, w- <laughs> there was a time, oh, you watched, how did you watch the unedited on Amazon? Yeah. Okay, at some point... David Andrews' character gets mad at Chris Wilde's character, and he just cusses him out. And there's like 15 seconds of just dead air. <laughs> and it's true because I was just like, "F and F and F, F you, F you, F you, F you." Yeah, there's a part where they end up fighting, and it's kind of funny because they can't kill each other. They just, you know, shoot each other a lot, and then decide to just give up. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some very funny parts. I, like when okay. David Anders, uh, he he scares the uh, morgue attendant. That was hilarious. <laughs> yep, I like the uh, the the funny. Um, there's there's a lot of a uh, social commentary that largely I think falls falls flat. But there's one part where um, they're asked they're trying to they're trying to find the first person to kill, so they decide immediately to go for homeless people. Um, which is what you do when you're a zombie, I guess. <laughs> and uh, and and they they stop. They keep stopping at people with signs and saying like, "We'll work for food." And he's like, "Hey, buddy, get in the car." And they're like, "No, give me some money." And he's like, "You're gonna you want to work for food? That's what your sign says." And they just keep finding homeless people who will not work for food, even though that's what their sign says. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, let me tell you a tangent, quick tangent. Sure. But Dragon Clan, I had to walk through a park. To, from my hotel room to uh, Dragon Con this year, and homeless people take credit cards. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Salvation Army takes credit cards. Uh huh. So you have no excuse. Wow. Oh, so no, like nobody was. <laughs> I I pictured a homeless person walking up to you and holding out a With machine and saying, "Please yeah. swipe here. <laughs> we'll work for your swipe." Um. Yeah. Oh. But um. Back to the movie, yeah, I, I was kept trying to, I kept wondering, like, are they, is this, are they trying to make a point with some of this stuff, the the satire, 
there was stuff with religion. There was racism. The the cops were really really violent. There was a lot of this military stuff, bookending the movie. Oh yes, I thought that was great. Oh really? The the beginning or the end? Because we can't talk uh, about the end. <laughs> all of it. All of it. Just how uh, it was kind of different. Uh-huh. You know, um, yeah. Or like, I liked how David Anders' character is just a guy. Yeah, he's just a guy, and he wasn't portrayed as a you know some uh, righteous, selfless person. You know, he was just a guy that joined the military. Yeah, you know, they weren't saying that. Oh, look at this hero. Well, he was kind of a hero in the beginning. I mean, they open up and he's driving a transport truck, and the uh, the the soldiers with him, like a sergeant and another soldier, are arguing about right versus wrong, why they're here, and in Iraq fighting, which I wasn't prepared for. I was like, okay, so we're going to talk about this for a while, and then something horrifying happens. Uh, uh, Bart hits a a toddler standing in the middle of the road, a naked toddler, um, which turns out to be okay. But he gets out of the truck to check on this toddler. And that's when he gets ambushed and shot. Um, and then of course he's coming back as a zombie, but more on that in the spoiler section. Um, <laughs> so, so he, he's a good enough guy to be like, cause the, the other two are like, get back in the truck when he gets jumps out of the truck and rightfully so, because it is an ambush. Yeah, but okay, okay. He's a guy who does heroic things, mm-hmm. but the film is not commenting on he's some superhero, special kind of person who joins the military. Guys from all over this country who are normal, ordinary guys join the military mm-hmm. and they do hero- heroic things. Right. Yeah. So I think that's what it was saying. But yeah, oh, and talking about David Anders' character, it it was very nice and refreshing to see him play just a dude. Yeah. He I mean he's a guy that wakes up uh in his grave and says, Where do I go first? My you know, my girlfriend or my pot dealer? <laughs> and he goes and visits his pot dealer. What did you think of Chris Wilde? Playing uh, Joey. I kept time. thinking, I, where do I know him from? Yeah. Where do I know this David Spade-like character? <laughs> actor? You know, it's funny. I I think they're still uh, good friends to this day. Uh, I, I believe I saw him at a game with David Anders, like on his Twitter. I'm not like stalking, but <clears throat> Chris Wild uh, hosted the Chris Wild Show on Comedy Central. He actually uh, became a, a, a prank artist. He did a prank on American Idol where he dressed up as a hip-hop nanny. And uh, he almost got sent to Hollywood. Paula, I guess, liked him, but the others didn't. So, <laughs> But he, he auditioned under a fake name. Or actually, his his real name, I guess. But, right. but he's on like, a bunch of commercials. And uh, I think his latest role I saw was he was like a teacher in The Duff. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. So he was, he was funny. I I loved when um, I loved uh, some of his stuff. I mean, later when you know terrible things happened to Chris Wilde, I was getting a little less intrigued with him. <laughs> but when Bart first shows up to his apartment, he's this whole freaking out. He really sold how scared he was of his friend coming back from the dead. 
And I love that, uh, you know, they decide to bring him to a hospital and I, you, all of a sudden you notice that uh, he's, he's wearing this, like, very feminine Japanese robe. And when he went to the hospital to bring his friend to the hospital, he just threw his leather jacket on over the robe. I must have missed that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know how much else we can say. I, I don't want to, like, harp on this movie. I, it really could have used a, a bigger edit, and and I wonder if that has to do with the fact that it. I think it's this went to some festivals, but didn't get picked up or widely distributed. And maybe it would have gone to another zip through the editing machine if it did. I don't know. Well, I liked it a lot yeah. more than you. I mean, not, it has its flaws. It's not perfect. But overall, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, and I, I, I do I do think I, I'd probably like to talk more about the detailed stuff in our spoilers section. So okay. if uh, I guess... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Can we st- talk about um, Chris Wilde and David Anders did a web series together? Oh, that's right. I, I wanted to watch this. But t- tell us about it. Dad Holes. Dad Holes? Yeah, this was several a couple of years ago. This was 2013, 2012. Uh-huh. But uh, this sounds like it's a sh- it's a series about me. Yes, I think <laughs> I'm a real dad hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're dads who like take their kids to the park and then sit and just complain in a very snarky, funny way yep. about their kids and being a dad and everything, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I think you would enjoy it. Uh, it might be now. It might be a little too, um, you know, too, too uh, cynical for you. <laughs> you're not, you're not a cynical dad. No, no. And as a matter of fact, I had a guest appearance by my one of my children on the last podcast. I don't know if you heard that or not. <laughs> no, I hadn't heard it. Yet. <laughs> yeah, she uh, Isabel helped me uh, introduce the the panel. Oh, happy birthday, Isabel! Did she have a good birthday? Yeah, she did. She actually talked about it on the show. <laughs> Oh, did she? Oh, I've got to listen. <laughs> um, we do have one piece of feedback before we get into the spoiler section. Um, it is from our friend Will, who uh, hosts uh, What We Make, a Terminator podcast for Sarah Connor Chronicles. And he also does the Sense8 podcast, which is about the Netflix series Sense8. And, oh, man, I don't want to get going on this, but I just finished that show, and it was amazing. I suggest it to anybody. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, but here is his feedback. It's loading right now, and I'm just going to fill in this dead air because I don't want to edit. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear what Will has to say. <laughs> That's good. Help, thanks for helping me fill that in. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Will on the um, the Hooplecast podcast uh, Oh, yeah, the Deadwood week. podcast. Yeah. We're just plugging away. Here's the feedback. <laughs> Hey y'all, this is Will. I just wanted to leave y'all hey, some y'all. quick feedback on The Revenant, which I watched last night. And yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I thought yeah. this was going to be something I put on in the background while I do some other stuff. And it really held my attention, so I mean, I'm glad I watched it. I like these horror, horror, horror movies that... um. They have some humor to them, like Shaun of the Dead and Black Sheep, but it did get really dark <laughs> uh, as the movie went on. I didn't, I'm not so sure I liked that, but yeah, it was a good movie. Um, didn't really like the David Spade lookalike. He kind of got on my nerves a little bit. Um, I did like the... Yeah, David Anders did a great job. I did like the um, the friend who called the 
girlfriend or whatever who they ended up killing. But yeah, it's a good movie, kind of gross in some parts, but that's fine. I enjoyed it. Recommend everybody watch it, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, you can rent that on Amazon, by the way. If you don't have to buy it, you can rent it, uh, watch it streaming. Um, anything else we want to say before we get into the spoiler section? I can't believe I'm saying the spoiler section, but we're doing Well, I just... Oh, another thing. The music. I loved the music. Oh, yeah? I don't think I noticed the yeah, music. Yeah, there was like some orchestral stuff, uh-huh. and I thought the music was very appropriate. I liked it. Thumbs up. All right. I, I guess we both liked it. Um, I guess I'm just... I'm, I'm a person that's used to bigger budget movies than I used to <laughs> some of these like really low budget movies. But like, like Will said, it was better than I expected. I totally. think it's an expectations thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I swear, if I, I watched this in the 80s or something amongst uh, some of the other great 80s horror movies I've seen before, um, I probably, this would probably be like one of my favorites. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just convince myself it's an 80s movie. But uh, yeah, David Anders is great. I, I'd watch anything with him, really. So um, thumbs up for both of us. And uh, let's get into the spoilers section. And those who are not staying for the spoilers and you're going to just, you know, hold off and go check out check out the movie or just say, I'm going to watch that movie someday, but I don't want to get spoiled. Anyway, we'll see you. Uh, I think the next time we're going to be back is for the premiere uh, I don't think we have anything else planned. If we do, you'll get a surprise in your feed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and on to the spoilers now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Chris Wilde's character slept with uh, David Anders' character's girlfriend while he was dead. Janet. Did See, I only know this because it was mentioned later because Chris Wilde's character felt guilty and right. felt like he needed to tell David Andrews' character. Did they show it and it was just cut or what? Um, no, she she's feeling all terrible after his wake and he goes out and they have a nice talk. Um, and, and they, they kiss. start making out. Um, okay. And it seems I was just wondering if it was cut. Maybe maybe it maybe it got cut down on your TV version, but it seemed like it was moving into something because they stopped and then they were like, "Oh, screw it," and they just started making it again. So, and yeah, it may have been cut more because I I didn't. Other than a kiss, I didn't. Yeah. Get the feeling that anything else happened. And it's funny because Bart shows up at uh, Joey's apartment. I know all the characters' names. Um, <laughs> that same, I should probably get that. <laughs> that same night, and um, and I was I was like, oh man, is you know, is she going to come stumbling out of the bedroom? You know, this is going to be awkward or whatever. All right, there's there's I had some questions, and they might be nitpicks, but uh, okay. First off, really obvious one: why didn't his grave get filled in? <laughs> like they had this whole thing where you know they lowered the coffin after. It seemed like books and flowers and things were being left on it. And this whole thing where the tractor brings over this large, heavy... It looked like a flattening thing. and I, But yet, the, you know, Bart wakes up and just climbs out of his grave. It's not filled in at all. <laughs> I guess it has to do with when, you know, when somebody is there... Uh, when somebody is... Um, Embalmed, you know, they're yeah. in, your body's embalmed. You have no blood. They drain the blood out. You know, they put they put you the casket down in a cement 
it's entombed in another cement coffin type deal. Huh. And and then it's like, it, it's, you know, it's not just you dig a hole, you put a, a coffin in there and you cover it up. <laughs> it's very complicated. Huh. So the real world problems of digging out of a grave, <laughs> it would be impossible. So, and, yeah. and uh, they did deal with a lot of things like um, David Andrews' character. What's his name? Bart. Bart. Bart Gregory. He, he had the uh, the scar, the incisions of how when you you know you bec- yeah. when you get embalmed and everything, they take all Autopsy your and all that, yeah. they take all your organs out. So they did deal with a lot of things like making it a realistic portrayal of someone who rose out of their grave. But in real life, it would be impossible to get out of all that cement and. Huh. And everything. So they don't just pour dirt over the coffin and then... <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Oh, wow. Like, the coffin is, like, winched down and, uh-huh. like, it's like... I, I have no words. I don't know how to explain how it is. <laughs> it's okay. You're not an expert. That's fine. <laughs> but, it, yeah, there's weird. a lot to it. It's very involved. The, actually, just here, here's something that you are an expert in. What, okay. What's up with the nurses in this movie? <laughs> I thought you'd be like, what's going on here? First off, nurse so-and-so, when Joey and Bart go to the hospital and Bart is getting examined for the first time, and she's all like, ugh, you stink, and doesn't want to go anywhere near him. And I just think that like a nurse would be more, have better... Oh, yeah, you smell, I'm used to smelling yeah, some stinky stuff. Exactly. Yeah, you don't really comment on it or whatever, because, you know, people will, like, you're all up in their face, and they'll yeah, fart yeah. and burp, and they don't care, right. and, you know. Uh, yeah, you, you would think some red flags would have, when I, and I thought that that actress was good. I expected her to come back and be yeah. more a part of the story. It was funny. It was just all of a sudden, that, and then all of a sudden it was like, we got to get out of your cops. <laughs> but um, he ends up going back to the hospital to get blood and we run into another nurse who is i thought it was it was more it was realistic to begin with where she was saying okay what blood type because you know if they're doing drugs or you know they need to do a transfusion because of a bullet wound they can't bring them into the hospital this nurse is at least saying listen i need to know your blood type so we can yeah she's like hey i've been around I know, I know what to expect. I've I've seen it all. So that was cool. But then all of a sudden, yeah. she's like, "We're gonna get you in for a stress test." <laughs> like starts doing the Scientology stuff on him, and I'm like, "What? What's going on?" <laughs> and uh, and then starts uh, like wrestling with him or whatever. Did 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 you did, did you see that part? <laughs> yeah. Because like, somebody else walked in yeah, in the room. Yeah, and she's going yeah. on and on about Scientology while the other doctor's walking in the background. Uh, I just thought it was fun. It, that was one of those things where I was like, okay, this is odd. What did the person that wrote this movie, what did Carrie Pryor want to accomplish with this? Is it just kind of like one little funny thing and then we move on? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That actress was in ER. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I knew she looked familiar. So what's what's a spoilerific thing that you wanted to talk about? Okay. Um, oh, would they let Wiccans be nurses? That was the other nurse one I wanted to ask you about. What? <laughs> what? The, the, would they let Wiccans be nurses? <laughs> okay, that's kind of a stupid question, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, she, it's funny because she's doing all this like body energy stuff over over Bart's dead, supposedly dead body, and then she starts talking about you know the rules of being a revenant or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she knew a lot about revenants. Anyway, <laughs> I think if I wrote this movie, I would have her character as being a like a professor who knew about myths mm-hmm. and stuff, like a librarian. Yeah, <laughs> it took his glasses Somebody who off read, a lot. Who, <laughs> who read a lot of fantasy books or something. Oh, nice. That would have been better. That would have worked better. Okay, yeah. when Joey became a revenant, yes, um, he like turned evil really quick. He did. Like, what happened? I don't. I didn't understand that part. There's this whole issue with what happens after they turn into revenants, where like uh, Bart still got a conscience, but. Joey, I don't know, maybe he just felt more powerful. I thought he was kind of ingenious with the hearse idea. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think I really like, I think the part of this movie where it fell off for me was when they decided to be, when, when Joey, right around when Julie, Joey gets killed, or right around when the whole vigilante montage where it's like, all right, they're just constantly walking on, in on crimes in progress. And, <laughs> getting uh, victims as a result. I was okay with the montage because I felt like a montage was expected in this movie. (laughs) And it's really like, I don't know, some really green screen that wasn't really working very well. But, um, and then we had a gangster guy who is a bit unsettling. This whole like awkward scene where he's asking if they're here for Mexican chocha. But I did love how it was great that you know he's the first victim, and um, but he's uh, he's the one he's the first one that comes back and his face is all waterlogged because I oh, guess yeah. that's when we find out that he just turns anybody into revenants. I don't know. Yeah, you have to because they said it a million times. The Wiccan lady said it a million times. You have to cut off their head and stake them in the heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if not, they're revenants. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, oh, and the vibrator. That was... <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, I guess it was funny to begin with, but it was it was just... It was going on Went and on. way too long. It just was going on and on. It's just a sight gag of seeing Chris Wilde with this gigantic plastic penis with pearls vibrating above, under his chin to... <laughs> To give him a voice box. Yeah. It's like those people who have had uh, throat cancer and they have their voice box removed and they stick that thing up to their yeah. neck. And they, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, the Stephen yeah. Hawking thing. Yeah. Um, oh, I hope I don't sound too ignorant. Uh, <laughs> I guess this is I'm talking about vibrators. I guess I can sound a little stupid <laughs> at the same time. Um, oh, how did he get infected in the first place? <laughs> I think it was that child was the that they hit. They just put a, a revenant toddler in the middle of the road. And so, okay, what I was thinking was, if the military were using the revenants as weapons against Iran, maybe Iraq was using the revenants as weapons against yeah us. That's what I thought. Yeah, and 
so at the end, there's this whole thing where it turns out that the military actually know all about Revenants. They've been collecting them. And uh, my unedited movie, by the way, had lots of nudity and lots of uh, dong hanging out. And <laughs> I will see mine. It had it was blurred. Oh, the okay. boobs and, yeah, the junk. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it turns out that they're dropping them in barrels and dropping them into Iran at the end of the movie. Yes, Iran. Yeah. And I think what Will was saying that it got dark was uh, Bart trying to kill himself. He tried to hang yeah. himself. He tried. He jumped in front of the subway. He did all these things. And yeah, you know, it's, it's very disturbing. You know, so, it's hard to watch. I think my last note in the spoilers is... Is this the zombie Hurt Locker? <laughs> like, see, I was thinking it's the zombie Boondock Saints. It was for a while, and then it's like they send him back to the Middle East. Yeah, maybe what the movie's saying, and then he's like is, happy about it. Maybe he's saying that war turns people into monsters. Oh, that is really deep. <laughs> I think it sounds like we know stuff with. <laughs> I really don't. I don't no, know. No, no, go with that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was just a fun romp. I loved it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, I think the more I'm talking about it, the more I, uh, I'm i actually letting go of some of the nitpicks um, that yeah. I had to begin with and just <laughs> some of the craziness that happened in that movie. So, oh, also... Uh, any horror movie is great with sexy blood makeout time, by the way. And uh, I loved how that whole situation was resolved where it's like, oh, oops, I killed her by mistake. <laughs> but, I mean, you had to expect that. She's sitting there cutting her arm open and not even flinching. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Maybe that was cut. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you don't? <laughs> oh. Yeah, she's... Uh, she, Maddie, the girlfriend? Yeah, Maddie sends Janet the video of them talking about uh, what to do with about these murder undercover cops or whatever, the rights and wrongs of it. So when Bart comes home and finds Janet there, Janet's like, you know, don't go out and be vigilantes. You can just feed off of me. I can be your food source and you can just just stop yourself. Don't kill me. And so they start making out, and she cuts her arm, and he starts feeding off her arm, and and that's when it cuts to, um, you know, she 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 cuts her arm a couple times, and he's, you know, they're just going back from making out to him sucking blood out of her arm, and then it cuts to uh, Joey showing up at the hearse, and we soon find out that Bart actually ended up murdering Janet by mistake, <laughs> and that's oh. what causes their big fight to begin with. Yeah, so. That's the Revenant, folks. I, I guess that's really all I've got. Yeah, I think if um, if I were to fix the script, hmm. the girlfriend would have had more of a character. Yeah. Like, you don't know much about her. Yeah, I think I'd have more stuff more stuff explained, more of a focus on where we're going with this movie. Like, I just, the, the military stuff... I didn't know what what was going on. What what we're what it was trying to say. I guess. Oh wait, war makes us into monsters. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back uh, for the iZombie premiere, season two premiere, to talk about more monsters. And um, I, I think that's it. Anything else, Steph? <laughs> I think that's all. All right. Well. Um, 
See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel, Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series. The Defenders Podcast. Find that at DefendersPod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, Facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!